Hey, Sam. Hey, Teresa. What's up? Um, our good friend who's been staying with us for the past uh, month and a half left today. So it's been kind of a, um, a melancholy day. Or no, 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 not melancholy, like bittersweet because he's moving on to bigger and better things. But uh, feeling a bit in my feelings today. How about you? <laughs> um, you sound like you're literally never going to see him like ever again in your life. <laughs> well, he lives in California and doesn't go to Columbia. So I'm oh. yeah. Um, I guess I'll ask for details outside of the podcast. <laughs> who this person is. Um, my week has been good. I'm confused that it's December. Um, it was like 60 degrees in Philly yesterday. Um, but I am going to be pushing forward with the Christmas spirit, no matter the temperature. Um, so yeah, catch me playing Christmas tunes soon. But we are super excited about today's episode, nothing to do with Christmas, um, where we will be interviewing FemDot over a glass of sparkling apple cider. Great, let's get into it. So for today, um, I chose sparkling apple cider. I've had it very recently because um, of Thanksgiving. I feel like it goes very well with Thanksgiving and Christmas. Also, I just feel like it's such a great drink. Like it mixes like the sweetness with the feeling of like that you're an adult because you're drinking something like fancy and fizzy without it being alcoholic. Um, Honestly, just the ideal holiday drink. I've never had it outside of the winter though, which is so funny to me because it's like such like a nice warm drink, a nice cold drink, but I can't imagine drinking it in the summer, but around this time of year, 10 out of 10, love sparkling apple cider. Yeah, I would say sparkling apple cider always feels like it has a good quality, you know, like I feel like if you're drinking sparkling apple cider by default, it's good quality (laughs) so um yeah I think that I also used to drink it when I was underage and wanted to feel fancy don't know why we have this desire to like want to drink alcohol at such a young age in the first place but we can unpack that later um but anyways we are super excited to um talk to our guest today not only because he is such an awesome artist and rapper but also because he's from chicago um sam do you want to introduce femdot yeah um i mean i just think of femdot as being like an absolute classic chicago artist um I was introduced to his music with 94 Camry Music, um, which came out in 2019 and just like took over my listening for that year. Such like a beautiful project. Um, And the title track off of that, you've definitely heard before, even if you don't necessarily recognize the name of the project. But his newest album, Not For Sale, is just very different from what we've heard from him before. And it's a really beautiful project every song is incredibly put together it sounds like very tight and um the bars are on point as always um yeah and with that do we want to call him up right now yeah let's call him up yo oh wait okay here we go yo <laughs> hi how are you i'm good how are y'all 
Good. Are you in Chicago right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in Chicago right now. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Um, this new project kind of like blew my mind, at least. It's just oh, like yeah, so sure. kind of different than what you've been doing before. But yeah. also like very much like it's all very clearly connected. Um, mm-hmm. And I really love that. Um, first, we were wondering, um, like we were saying, that this project is quite different from what you've done before. Yeah. And how do you like continue to push yourself to evolve as an artist? Um, so I actually, I pretty much only think in terms of projects for better or worse, depends on who you ask. Um, so because of that, uh, a, a lot of ideas that I have, I try to push the boundaries based on like resources I have. Like I'll, like this project I've been thinking of for maybe what, four or five years from now ago, right? Is when I so realistically started thinking about like making this project. I knew what I wanted to sound like or what I wanted to talk about. I just knew I didn't have the resources or life experience to do that. Um, so because of that, like I'm always trying to think of something outside of whatever the last thing was um, that allows me to create this world or tell this larger story. Um, So I'm always thinking of the next thing. So pretty much like whatever my project sounds like previously, you should know it's not, it's gonna sound pretty much the opposite damn near on the next go around. Um, But they're all linked in like a larger world that I'm trying to create. Yeah, and I have like kind of something that you say interested me, which is like sometimes you will have a project in mind but you know you don't have the life experience yet? Like, how do you know whether you have the life experience to go after an idea or not? The craziest part is I, like, I'll just talk about what, you know, what I feel in the moment or, like, you know, I'm very reflective, so I'll be talking about, like, whatever's occurred to me or happened to me. And then, like, after I finish a project or while I'm in the midst of a project, I'll be like, wow, this is literally what I was planning X amount of years ago. Um, so I, I kind of just try to stick to the path that I'm going on and I just end up going through the life experience. Like you, I feel like I just know, cause it's like, you'll finish a project or I'll finish something. Like, okay, well, I couldn't talk about this before, but now I can talk about this. So let's try to start talking about the next idea I have. And then by walking in that path of, going through what I need to go through, then I just started getting to the point where I'm able to actually execute the plan that I had for the next idea. No, that makes sense. And I know that like a common theme, at least throughout your life is like advocacy and community work. Mm-hmm. And we were wondering like, how do you see that permeating through to your music? Like no matter what type of project you're working on. Um, I think in terms of I think so much of that just changes who you are as a person, right? Like when you interact so much with your community or just even um, any any form of trying to help the people around you, it kind of changes the lens that you look at things. And with me being pretty much like a storyteller, everything is about the lens you look at things. So um, it definitely will change. It definitely has continued to change how I approach music um, because I think when you are doing work, um, even if it's, you know, not like um, something that's notarized or people know about, um, and you're actually trying to, you know, change the places that you're from, uh, it 
it's the probably the best way to do it is obviously not to come off like um preachy or you know or overbearing or like elitist in some way so i feel like those same kind of ideas then leak into the music when you're trying to tell your story and it's like all right well let me not tell this in a manner that you know is preachy or something let me just maybe just talk about my life in a way that um people can take what they can take from it and then do what they would like yeah and i i think it's interesting that you talk about like uh, like the idea of being preachy because I don't think this album is preachy at all but it's like very like heavy like you dive into mm-hmm. like very serious topics and like one of the first lines on the project is you can't buy me I'm already free yeah. and that kind of like corresponds to the title of the project as well but I was wondering like what does that line mean to you and why did you feel like you wanted to start the project with that statement I think I feel like uh, funny enough my mom loves the line which is the greatest compliment I could have ever got my mama was like, oh, my God, this line is fire. And my mama, like, an immigrant. So, like, it was anyway. But um, to me, pretty much, it was, it was like the culmination of the entire, like, of that full-fledged idea that I was trying to explain through the whole project. And I think that being the start of that is, like, the abstract in the lab report or something where you have, like, okay, this is kind of what the idea is, and then let's, have all of these conclusions, I mean, all of these um, these variables and things of that sort to explain what the conclusion was, which was that I'm not for sale. So with the line itself, um, it was just like, I've, I've been turned down so many times. People have told me no so many times, uh, like pretty much a staple of how me and my team gets things done is just, you know, if people don't believe we'll do it ourselves, um, and I'm also not going to sell myself to you, but not necessarily just in a manner of like, you know, selling your soul or things of that sort, but even simply, like, I don't have to convince you that I'm good at what I do or that I should deserve a chance or something like that. Like you can't, so now you, you can't buy me, you know, so not only can I, am I not about to sell or convince you that I'm good at what I do or that I'm a person worth caring about. Now, when you come back around, you can't even buy me for real because I've already I've already found my self-worth and my confidence and my ability to grow and, um, you know, rooted in the experiences that I have created. And um, you can't put a price on experience. No, yeah, that's really well put. And um, kind of like speaking also about family, um, we know that like the entire album has moments dedicated to community and family, but especially the last track um, Mm -hmm. where you like talk a lot about your mom and also we saw on Twitter that you said that like her saying that she loved the album was equivalent to like going platinum. Um, so just in general, like what does family mean to your music and just like your music journey so far? Uh, everything. Family literally means everything. Um, I'm extremely family orientated. I think I'm really, my personality is really just a collection of all of my siblings. Um, me and my siblings are super close. Uh, my love for music comes really from them and specifically hip hop and R&B comes specifically from them. My, they, they've introduced me into the culture. Like we're all like, I'm, we're all just, I was, I was attached to them by the hip growing up. Like, like even like super cute shit. Like I would sit outside their door when I woke up too early before they woke up so I could just be next to them. Real cute, real wholesome. Um, so like, so much of me is just uh, 
uh, are just like attributes of my siblings. Um, and I've taken it and like obviously made it my own, but I'm very much a reflection of them. And um, so much of obviously how I grew up and so much of my lens comes from the household that I grew up in. Ooh, Ooh excuse me. Uh, ooh, one, ooh, one more, hold on, one more. Okay, I think we're good. Um, comes from the household that I grew up in with my parents. Um, and uh, I spent so much time with my mother and uh, also with my grandmother. So it's like a lot of that shows up in who I am. Uh, but yeah, family's always been a really big aspect. It's the reason I do everything and it's the reason I am who I am. And on that note of family, but kind of a more or a different notion of family, like a lot of the people on this project are longtime like collaborators, people mm -hmm. who have like been in the Chicago scene. Um, like, what is it like all these years later to like still be creating music with many of the people that you like kind of started things with? It's super cool, man. I think it's refreshing. Like, um, because a lot of a lot of this points. If, if we haven't made music before, we've been fans of each other for a very long time. And if we have made music before, then we now kind of have a real good understanding of, um, you know, like how how each other's creative processes work. Like, um, like Jabari Rayford, who does my engineering, is my engineer for the past, I was 15 years old, you know? So like, at this point, I don't trust, if it's anybody I trust with my voice, it's him. And then Elton Mast, Elton, masters everything and he, I mean, he mixes everybody's projects all through the city but he masters all of my projects and um that's another person who have been who i've known for years so it's cool too to also like and i, I use those two as examples because they're two some two crazy staples in the city that people may not know much about and it's funny because they don't interact as much even though they're friends because they're both so busy so it's always cool to know that when my project come around they're gonna have to get up um, and then like Charles Loss has been my DJ, like um, the mind, like me and him have gotten close. Like a lot of times, a lot of people we're just friends with. So even like having the mind on um, the project and he's pretty much on every Chicago classic that has come out in the past like 10 years. But when I was writing this song, when I was writing Digits, I wrote, I, I initially had a part wrote that I sung at the end of that little switch. But I'm like, I, what I'm writing sounds like the mind's writing. I should just ask him to write this better and sing this. So that was the instructions I gave him. I was like, hey, yo, I wrote this kind of like you, but not like you. So can you write this like you and sing it way better because you are you? He like, oh, for sure. And he heard it and he knew exactly what I was talking about. It wrote exactly what I was thinking. So it's like, you know, having these relationships with people just allow for an easier and quicker way to make music and more genuine, like, I feel like all of the people I'll be working with be very thorough individuals, so. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think you can kind of see like how together everyone is. At least the first song that I knew like this was kind of, or it seemed like a big switch up for you to me was pro was the uh, funds um, slash broke and interlude. Mm. Um, can you talk a little bit about the recording process for that and what made you like pursue that type of sound? Oh, I was down bad. I was down bad. I was down. Uh, but so funny story um, about Funds. So Funds was is this probably the oldest song on the project. Funds is sacrilegious. Part of two oldest songs. So I wrote Funds. I think initially in 2017. Held on to it. Recorded it 
in 2019 um, with Hush Forte, um, who also produced 94 Camry Music. Um, funny story is we recorded Funds first. So um, Matt Hush over FaceTime, he's from Florida. So he sent me some beats through email. Email was so hot, FaceTime, and FaceTime was so cool. Flew to Florida, just, just flew to Florida. Locked in in Florida for a couple of days, made a couple songs. First couple songs we made was Funds. And I'm like, damn, we really finna be cool now, shit. The first time I meet you, I'm doing this vulnerable ass song. I'm singing this shit, I guess we gonna be friends. Um, I fly back home, he sends me the beef for 94 Karen music, the rest is history. Um, but I was saving that song, cause I'm like, it doesn't fit this concept. Um, that I have for 94 camera music, but then if I think it fits the concept for the next project I have, which ends up being not for sale. So, um, so yeah, so I, those vocals are old as hell. Those vocals are pretty old. The song is pretty old, but I feel like it even felt just as relevant now, and especially like how it is in the placement right after Sacrilegious. Um, so, and then the second half, uh, I had Shawnee Dez do some additional vocals. I really had, I really sent it to her to just like, I heard her voice and so did my manager, Tamika, I heard her voice like singing. And then she sends back like, yeah, I added some other stuff too. I'm like, let me check. And she just going in and I'm down. Somebody hurt you. Um, but also I think it was really cool cause it was like, uh, it kind of plays with this idea of patriarchy and the male ego and thinking that like, you need to have money or you need to have this to like, take care of somebody and then you realize that's not actually the case. You're just kind of tweaking and now you're broke or now you have money, but now you're alone. Um, and I know just when I was writing this song in that situation, um, even if like a girl would be like, oh no, it's okay. And generally mean it's okay. In my head, all I'm hearing is everything Shawnee was saying. Nah, you broke ass, bum ass nigga, like you ain't. So it just worked itself out that she was, that's the lens she was thinking of, but. Fun song, definitely uh, most vulnerable song I've probably ever made. It's gonna be very interesting to perform, but you know, fun song. Yeah, <laughs> speaking of, well, we sort of have two related questions, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of performing, we loved your color show. Also, mm -hmm. I've just been a huge fan of colors for so long. I think their production's like mm -hmm. incredible. Um, mm -hmm. But we just kept on also like staring at the pencil in your hand the whole time. Um, so did you know that like you needed to bring your like signature pencil to the show and like what was like approaching just that experience like? Um, I damn near just have the pencil with me everywhere cause apparent, cause it's a whole signature, which is crazy. Uh, cause that was never the plan. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, with colors, it was cool cause they paint the room so I had to bring an extra pair of shoes to wear. Um, but it was, they made me feel super comfortable. So I, I just, you know, walked in like, all right, let me just not fuck up these words. <laughs> Cause at this point, obviously I, you know, this, the music's not out yet, all the other shit. So um, it was super fun, but I just kind of approached it. Like I will approach any, any performance, which means I'm just doing what I do in my living room pretty much. And also like going off of that, um, we know that like, most of you record like most of your songs in your room can you talk mm -hmm. about like how you get that quality from like a home studio and like why you like to record at home um I started I think uh because I started recording at home like when I was like 10 years old I would record on a rock band mics and shit on like software and then that has just evolved and my setup is pretty simple it's not like extremely complex but I've been able to one figure out my voice and figure out how to like you know 
record myself and what presets work well. Um, and it's very, it's a, it's a much more comfortable process because I could try, I'll be in this singing, doing all types of shit in the house, like Google, you know, it don't matter. Like, it's just me. Um, so I try to just do a lot of um, experimenting in the crib and then I send it out to get mixed and mastered. Um, but the plus of doing it at home is I'm learning how to mix. I mean, I've been learning how to mix or whatever, so I can get a pretty good mix myself on my vocals and you know my sound so when I do send it to my engineer they have an idea of what exactly I want and I'm more or less just enhancing the sound um which allows for like my mixes and my tones and things to be very much me versus like sounding like some sort of industry standard or something like that um but yeah and I'm not like anti-recording in studios but uh just one out of like uh, necessity, you know, like it's just easier to record at home um, and just workflow is pretty much easier. But I've been doing, I've been technically recording at home for a very long time now that I think about it. Yeah, we got to hear some of that rock band mic music. <laughs> Sounds wild. I'm sure, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's somewhere. Well, I, I know like post rock band mic came like, it, so it was like webcam mic, rock band mic, <laughs> Uh, some other bullshit ass mic. Then I got a condenser mic from that to another mic. And then I bet you maybe like eight mics. And I think the last five mics are somewhere online. You feel me? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, but different times for sure. No, webcam mic is really down bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, webcam mic was down. I mean, I, granted, I was in like fifth grade, maybe <laughs> third grade probably, but webcam mic is definitely down bad for sure. <laughs> um and i mean the seeing the reception to this project too has been awesome i mean just like i was looking through like some of the videos before this and like every comment is like goat status like yeah. all that what has it been like to see people like react so positively to this project it's cool man i think it's refreshing um because as artists we can say like you know oh we don't care about what people think but we do what the fuck we definitely do you know um so it's cool to know that I can put my my time into something and and you know really try to explain or or try to create an idea um from my and to take idea from my head to 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 wax and for people to receive it well um it's definitely uh definitely reassuring at the end of the day um because I don't make music for anyone else like my, if anything, uh, people, how people to get away is my music is very much tailored to me. These are very specific situations. So to have people um, gravitate towards it or be like, oh, this is dope, or I like how you package this, or I like the idea. Um, definitely, you know, uh, one reassures me, and not just me, but I feel like artists in general, like that they're not alone for what they're going through um, or how they see the world, um, but also definitely just, that their ideas are good so um it feels good it feels good i mean because i could say that like i don't really care but i would be lying and like beyond like what i guess you would want artists to take away like what messages are you trying to get like listeners to feel in your music uh just that um you know one i'm multi-dimensional and that so are you um and things are big you're bigger than just one thing and also like you know these are conversations specifically like with not for sale like i don't want it to seem like it's a solution i uh, my thing is this is i want it to seem like this is a conversation that i'm having with myself and you're just able to hear it on wax 
Um, so just really trying to humanize my experience um, because being black and making art, typically they try to dehumanize us as much as possible. So trying to like create, um, you know, art where the human element is put back into it. Um, I think it's the biggest takeaway um, that I would want people to have. But also just, yeah, like I'm growing. I hope people can see that I'm growing as a person, like with every project that I put out. And do you feel like this project helped you like come to terms with um, like some of the subjects that you were addressing or is it more just to get them out there in the world? Uh, yeah, no, it definitely helped me come to terms with it or just, or just start that process. You know, unlearning is a daily, is a daily process. Um, so, you know, dealing with certain ideas rooted in like money and religion and, 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 um, you know, relationships and things of that sort, like music's definitely therapy for me. So it definitely allows me to have breakthroughs and kind of, you know, change how I want to approach or attack things for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's super interesting. I feel like sometimes when I'm like creating something, it's hard for me to tell the difference between like putting it out there for like me and for other people. But it, it sounds like you like have really like figured out how to bridge that really effectively. Yeah, because I, I realized like if I put it out for me, somebody else like is going to be like me. Maybe not in complete mm. aspect, but feelings are feelings. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you're gonna somebody else can relate in some capacity it may not be based on the context that i have but may just rooted in the feeling that i give them so you know just put that shit out definitely that's that's such great advice <laughs> um and then on some like chicago shit really quickly and i saw you tweeting like a lot about the bulls how are you feeling about the season so far? i've been way in my hole y'all understand y'all don't understand look I told I was telling people that we was gonna get Lonzo last year. No one believed me. I am actually a Spurs fan outside of being a Bulls fan. So I was watching Demar all last year. I was very excited when we grabbed him. Y'all, they not ready. We winning it all. No, but I think I, I'm very excited. I've been in a couple Bulls games. I'm probably gonna brought like ten more. I've been a huge Bulls fan even before D Rose and Eddie Robinson and Jamal back when he was trash. So I'm just very very happy. And we deserve to be happy and we deserve a team that is not terrible. I'm super ecstatic about the Bulls. I watch every game. I'd be knowing too many stats. We make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, bare minimum. That's that's what I'm going. That's my story. I'm sticking to it for sure. <laughs> Sam, open an unknowing Pandora's box. <laughs> like, Let me ask a chill question. <laughs> <laughs> and I just passed out. Yeah. You're like, thank you so much. I've been waiting. <laughs> my, my whole life. Uh, it's been nice to see all of uh, Chicago, like, come around, like, Caruso and, like, really. <laughs> I, lo- bro, I love Caruso, bro. I, I fucking love him, bro. Oh, my God. He does. He's such a, like, and I played ball growing up, so I'm like, I wish I had a, he does everything that needs to be done as a teammate. I love, I love that, man. And like he's here for the memes, so we, we love that. <laughs> he just he just here for it all. He just go with the flux. Oh, fuck a Caruso, man. Shout out Caruso. Don't let me see him in a club or something. I got a drink for him. <laughs> <laughs> and then our last question is just obviously this album just came out, but yeah. is there anything fans should be aware of? Are you touring soon? Do you have more music on the way? What are you up to the rest of the year and into next year? 
Um, definitely uh, trying to get back on the road. Um, you know, I want to do. I'm definitely going to do some stuff at home for sure. Uh, trying to get back on the road, and uh, even outside of that, just um, like uh, trying to, you know, put the rest of my rest of the things together. Um, but yeah, more probably more music. More next year, more music. Uh, we still got obviously like you know more content coming from this project and um, trying to keep stuff rolling. But yeah, definitely, definitely trying to trying to perform this in front of people. Um, but yeah, yeah. So more music, more content, more stuff like that. Um, you know, so it should be should be a pretty good year. That sounds awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk no, I appreciate to us. Y'all. I appreciate y'all, man. Thank you for wanting to talk to me. for tuning in to this week's episode of two versions we hope you enjoyed getting to know femdot and check out his album not for sale you can find this episode on our website quarantinecontent.com or on our weekly newsletter the q see you next week